Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders riding shotgun with us today. Honestly, been on a few road trips with us already. Chris Carter, what's going on, Chris? What's up, boys? How we do it? I feel like the exactly. intro hits a little different now that we've had Brandon Rossi on the show also. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's our guy. So that was cool. I'm into that now. I will say, like, uh, clearly there's like a di- there's levels to this with the voice, right? Like, his, his talking voice is not the voice that I hear exactly yes. when he's yes. doing. Like, it's almost getting into character to do yes. that voiceover. Yes, it's good. So uh, the reaction to to Brandon was very good. We had lots of good mm-hmm. comments. You have to let us know what you think of Chris Carter, who I know everybody knows, but I maybe mean... we'll get into a little bit more deeply. And, and Smitty, we're going to talk about what happened last night, both on the stage in Las Vegas and also me fighting the people on the internet because apparently I was the main character, which you generally do not want to be, but I feel like it was a good time. So I'm, I'm all about it. You were the main character. Um, the NFL honors taking place last night. We got some stuff that Steeler fans are going to love hearing about and also they're going to hate hearing about and have been complaining about now for 24-ish hours. Um, Reddy was kind of on the wall with Defensive Player of the Year, felt like, uh, not just you know yesterday specifically, but going back a few weeks, but especially yesterday when you see TJ Watt puts up an Instagram story playing hooky, not even at the NFL honors. Then he tweets, you know, nothing I'm not used to. Miles Garrett of the AFC North division rival Cleveland Browns takes home his first 
Defensive Player of the Year award. And Alan, this goes, you said yesterday, this honestly for you, this war, this honestly one of my favorite rivalries right now in sports, you versus PFF, goes back longer than just last night. But Miles it has Garrett nothing to do me. with Miles Garrett and TJ Watt for me. Sure. I just really yeah. hate the influence of PFF in the football conversation because um, it's not analytics. It's just a subjective opinion. It's not backed up by math or science. And I think people talk about it like this is the same kind of revolution that we had in baseball where like, oh, it's like war or it's like sabermetrics where, you know, like the pitcher with the most wins doesn't get the Cy Young award anymore. And it's not that. It's it's just a bunch of dumbasses with their own opinion that they put out there like it's science and it's not. And now they've convinced other people that their opinion is more important than the things that we've based this award on for 50 years. And by the way, that we know are important. We know sacks are important when you get a sack, the play ends and it's over and the, and the offense loses yards and there's a tangible a impact that happens there but instead we're gonna we're gonna um you know obsess ourselves with this specious win rate and that is literally the only thing that miles garrett has over tj watt tj had more sacks he had more quarterback hits he had more interceptions he had more pass defending he had more forced fumbles he had more fumble recoveries every single stat out there TJ Watt dominated not only Miles Garrett, but Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, the whole rest of the field in terms of edge rushers. It is just this one thing that somebody came up with and invented on their own with no evidence or proof that it's valuable that has changed the entire tone of the conversation about this position. And it is, it makes me insane. I cannot stand that it's, and it's fake. If it was you, you guys know me, I covered baseball. I covered all kinds of sabermetric stuff in baseball. I would love to cover football the same way I covered baseball, but this is not that. And the fact that we're to the point where we're giving people major NFL awards because of what some jerks opinion is, it drives me up a wall. I I, I can't stand it. Chris did let following that up, but I wanted you to get your thoughts on it as well. I was just gonna be like, let me step back, we put on some oven mittens and just like you know, you know, just get prepared because that was just a flamethrower. Um, I, but in all seriousness, like I was not wrong. What are we doing here? What are we doing here when the pass rush win rate is is the stat that, that that's more important than the actual sacks, than the actual tackles for loss, than the actual pressures? That's another thing. Because if you want to say, well, hey, you know what, Miles Garrett it impacts the play more often than TJ. He gets a, he gets into the backfield more often. He pressures the quarterback more often. He does it. And like, what's really funny. And shout out to uh, Daniel Valente because he does a lot of the stat stuff and he he posts a lot of it. Um, and and he. He, you know, he he posted comparisons, which I'm starting to now use because I subscribe to Sports Information Systems. Shout out to Alan and Nick for helping me fi- figure figure out using them because they're they are also there. I think they're a lot better. Actual of a, analytics, right? That, that's what that yeah. not PFF. Yeah, not PFF, and they have some of the same stats as PFF, but like they just don't do the, all the grading nonsense. Uh, but uh, Sports Information Systems, if you look at how things were rated uh if you look at like you know the nfl's official pressure count has watt at 50 and and garrett at 37 but there are certain things that the nfl doesn't officially count as a pressure and so uh you know in pff it was you know they they had it 86 to 86 watt and garrett had the same amount of pressures all season long but if you look at sports information systems watt had 85 garrett had 76 so like 
there's you know you know even in sports information system another another official like you know analytics calculator thing that NFL teams subscribe to and use just like they do for PFF even they said you know Watt had significantly more than Garrett and they also said Watt's pressure percentage was higher than was was higher than Garrett's in that he pressured that you know if you want to say oh well Watt just was on the field more more times to to blitz the quarterback okay well even in the times that he did he had a higher percentage of of creating pressure the only outlet that even may, may you know fix their stats to say that Garrett was on the same level as TJ Watt was PFF and you know, I think you look around, PFF was the, was the main identity that was pushing this narrative before the season even started. I there mean, is zero chance that if PFF does not exist, that Miles Garrett would have even been in the top three for this award. I agree. I mean, you go back and he didn't to deserve to be either. He did not deserve to be. Because Max Crosby I, and Micah Parsons are both better, too. And I'll say this, too. Like, pressure-wise, according to NFL stats... Miles Garrett finished officially, according to the NFL, like the NFL's actual stats, 37 pressures. That is 71st all time. Like, like since pressures were counted, there are 70 other players who have finished with more pressures in, in, in the NFL. Um, like what again, what what are we doing here if that's if that's what's what's allowed to be? The, the top the top thing here um so again i, I look at that and i i say like you know you, you go back to even just week two you could see this being developed when the steelers played the browns and the and pff officially gave uh miles garrett a higher defensive grade for for that specific game not not the whole season not over four weeks for one game where these two teams went up against each other. PFF gave a higher grade for Miles Garrett than he did for Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. And in that game, Miles Garrett got a tackle and three pressures. He was he was he he was there, he was present, and he was good in that game. But according to PFF, that one tackle and three pressures are better than TJ Watt's four tackles, one sack, seven pressures, a pass broken up, a fumble recovered, and a fungible taking back for a touchdown. And Alex Highsmith seven tackles, one sack, one sack Six pressures, one forced fumble that rec- that resulted in a touchdown, and an interception that was also returned for a touchdown. So in in, in that game alone, Miles Garrett by PFF was deemed to be better than a player playing the exact same position. And if you want to say, well, T.J. Watt goes up against right tackles, guess who Alex Highsmith gets to go up against then? And those two guys single handedly won the game for the Steelers. That they single handedly won the game. The Steelers and, did nothing outside of Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. They win the game because of them. The, and the other part of it that drives me, look, I'm not saying that yep. we can't do better than the traditional NFL counting stats. I think it's out there. I think it could exist. I'm not sure. saying that those metrics are the perfect encapsulation, but it's the hubris of the sureness that what they have is better with zero evidence to back it up and they don't even so you're saying like pff tracks their own stats their own pressures their own sacks right they do their own counting of pressures and sacks every other outlet that does that whether it's the official nfl stats or whether it's sis gives us the play level data where we can look and say okay the nfl counted this is a sack and sis didn't and the nfl counted this is a pressure and sis didn't or the other way around pff won't even show their own work they just say he had more pressures trust us they don't even tell – we can't even go back and look and like, oh, they said this is a pressure. And then they could just sit there and add numbers to the to the count, yeah. and no one would ever know because you can't even look at what they're doing. I Not only do I not like PFS product, 
I absolutely believe that PFF likes the attention it gets from this debate and is intentionally skewing its results to favor Miles Garrett and and disfavor TJ Watt in terms of things like grades. Uh, absolutely. When when you're talking about Dan Moore getting a zero for going up against TJ or going up against uh, Miles Garrett, uh, asinine, asinine. There, there's no way that 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 was honestly graded. And they came up with that number. That is a number that is intentionally created to draw attention to themselves. I I a hundred percent believe that they do that, and it's it's crap. And and I hate everything to do with that company and and everything they stand for. I won't name my my source here, but I'll just I'll say it this way: I am I, there's a guy who I'm friends with who works for a uh, or works with a major Power Five college football program who does subscribe who that program uses PFF's analytics for you know for, for certain things um and they and even said like hey the the hard stats that's useful in the way that I, we, we can use some of the databases and I said so what about their grades and he's and he literally laughed and he said nobody cares about that he said and literally we even tested them out and we sat next to their grader and we asked them oh you gave this person a negative play on this on this pass play but did you know what their assignment was and they said oh he was doing this and they said no that's not what he was doing it's not even close to what he was doing and they said they sat through him for like multiple games and the guy was just completely wrong about so many of his positive or negative grades that led to those final grades of oh he has a 95.8 you know, per, you know, great PFF grade for that game or for the season or for whatever. And that's the thing is that, like you said, Alan, they, they're the Wizard of Oz. They're just, they're behind the curtain cranking things. Don't stare at that man behind the curtain. They're making things up and then just propping those facts and then just say, hey, and everyone, some people are like, you know, maybe there is something there. And if it was years ago, because I remember, this thing's been going on for years between the, the TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. It's it's very much it's very much been a, a historical thing to, to this point. But if, if it was, you know, I think this all started back in 2019 when you know people Steelers fans were starting to make the serious push for TJ Watt to be defensive player of the year. He didn't win it then. He had 14 and a half sacks, and there was there was reasons behind behind him not getting it then. But in that same year, you know, Miles Garrett finished with 10 sacks, also got you know suspended for you know the last few games of the season because he attacked Mason Rudolph that season. But you know, there was there were there was a push made by this pass rush win rate thing that PFF was pointing out saying these are predictive stats. Listen, we're saying that if Miles Garrett and TJ Watt play the same amount of pass rush snaps, this would show that Miles Garrett would just win more, would get more sacks if they were in these situations the same way. And so that over time, you will see, and that was PFS, over time, you'll see Miles Garrett will get more sacks than, than TJ Watt. Well, then- Where's it know, at? Where's it at? 2020, <laughs> didn't <laughs> happen. 2021, didn't happen. 2022, TJ Watt misses half the season. It finally happened. 2023, didn't happen. So three of the four years since that year. They keep saying that it's predictive, but it's not. And TJ Watt keeps proving that it's not predictive because they're wrong about the fact that, oh, these guys keep doing this. No, what the difference is, is that TJ Watt is simply better at finishing the play than Miles Garrett is. And and that if you get those two guys around their linemen the same amount of times, TJ Watt will get more sacks. And guess what? The name of the game at that position is not get around the linemen. It's sack the quarterback. And, And that is a skill and a part of the game that they are just choosing to ignore I don't know why, but the, maybe because they can't find a way to 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 encapsulate it uh, mathematically, but it exists, and they just pretend like it doesn't. 
I'm right with you, Alan. It, it, there's there, there's no legitimate, logically based argument to, to uh, on their side at this point, other than just vibes and feelings. That's the only thing I can they they, 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 they they can add they can add here. Uh, and, and again, like you know, I, I saw you know Marcus Mosher was was saying, "I'll sit down with you, Alan." And and listen, like Marcus is a is a locked on guy, just just like me. I'm sorry, you're full of it. Like, like you know, like we've, we've sat down. We've not, seen I don't it. want you to sit there and you watch the film. And it's the problem is the entire concept is flawed because yeah. there is no mathematical evidence to believe it should be true. And unless you can show me that, I don't have any interest in sitting down and wasting my time with you. Smitty, you're still here. I want to get you back in this conversation. TJ Watt skips the ceremony, is not there when Cam Hayward wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award because of that. You okay with that? Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. I wasn't expecting that. I thought we were just going to go right into the fact that uh, Cam Hayward won the Walter Payton Man this of the Year. This was my transition uh, in between. But I feel like this is, like, in general, I don't really care about T.J. Watt yeah. blowing off an award that he wasn't winning. But his teammate mm-hmm. won the most prestigious individual award you can win in the NFL, and he wasn't there in attendance for it because he was mad about losing to Miles Garrett. And I think he's right to be mad about losing to Miles Garrett, but I'm I don't know about this one. Uh, yeah, you might be able to talk me into feeling a little bit different. Well, again, I didn't even have an opinion on this because that didn't even cross my mind. So really, you know, Najee Harris, Mike Tomlin, they were the only two other Steelers representatives in attendance. I think Omar was there too. And Omar was there. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, Joey Porter Jr. I guess as well. Oh yeah, Joey, and and of course, like like you know, uh, Angela from the PR staff and and Bert yeah. and uh, Blair from their uh, community relations staff were all there too. But like in terms of like people that are, um, yeah. on the roster, yeah, it's that it's tough. You know, do you look at it similarly to I don't and I don't want to change the conversation or seem like I'm deflecting an answer, or try to make a comparison that's not there. But like I know Cindy Crosby got a lot of flack for not taking part in the players draft or whatever, or being available to the media ahead of the All Star game, and people were making a big deal about that. He was doing his own thing prior to the game. You know, is there a comparison to be made there? And if so, you know, I, I think it'd be hypocritical of me to say that I have an issue then with TJ because I said I didn't have an issue with Crosby not being available uh, in that situation. So I don't know. That might have to. I, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I would have. I don't think it's TJ really that comparable because Crosby's like Crosby's just being available to the media there. Like this is more about his teammate, right? About the guy, uh, you yeah. know, he, he plays across the line from winning that award. I don't know, Chris. What's your thoughts? I mean. I look at I look at this as you know multiple situations. Like those those are different. Like there's a point to be made about about T, from TJ Watt here. And if if he just sits there and takes it, you know he could he could be you know a good sport about it and just be like you know what it's you know it's it's fine. But I think it'd be different if Miles Garrett was like right neck and neck with him. Like if if Miles Garrett had two less sacks but three more tackles for loss, and they had around the same pass breakups. And you know the same, and like they were close in run stuffs and tackles and all this. Like, it'd be cool if they went back and forth. I think you'd have arguments there, like 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 how Deron Bland, if he got it, I don't think any steel. I think Steelers fans might have claimed anything a little bit, but they'd have been like, you know what? I'd have been fine with I'd have been fine with Deron Bland winning. I honestly think that Deron Bland should have won, and that's where I'm like, if if he had gotten it, would have made would have made sense, and it would have. But I mean, it, it it is a it is a slap in the face for him. Like even when Aaron Donald got it, you say, okay, well, you know what? Aaron Donald's a defensive tackle. And he's attracting three guys at the same time, and he's still getting double-digit sacks. That's a whole different situation, and I can see that because. But TJ Watt's point is: we play the same position. We do, we, uh, and, and, 
same division, so same play a lot of the same basically. teams, yep. basically. And uh, and, at the, and also, thing is, is on top of that, TJ Watt drops back into coverage and is good at doing it. Had an interception that changed a game that the Steelers needed to win for their playoff hopes to stay alive against a good, you know, maybe Hall of Fame quarterback someday in Matt Stafford, who's won a Super Bowl. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, again, he does more on the field while being better at Miles Garrett's job. Like, if like I had this conversation with Brian Batko, we you know, because he, he brought up how. Uh, you know, we were talking about this on the North Shore Drive podcast, and he said Steelers fans may think that you know that stats are the only thing that matter, but you wouldn't make that argument about, over Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed. And I'm like, those are two different things. Ed Reed was a center fielding free safety who naturally was put in the, was in position to make a lot of those interceptions. Troy Polamalu would cover, would go man to man in the slot, would play in the box, would attack downfield. He would blitz a lot more than Ed Reed. Like those are that's a very different thing compared to two guys that line up at the line of scrimmage almost every single play and the guy who you're arguing for that the stats you know don't you know shouldn't matter as much for is the guy who blitzes more often because he's not dropping back into coverage point being i'm, I'm you know like the the the, the, the anti stats argument the anti production argument it, it it don't make sense and i get tj watt sitting out and saying you know what if if my work is 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 that devalued? And, and, and again, there were also people that didn't even vote for TJ Watt to be in the top three. I think there were eight total votes that excluded him as a top three defensive player. That that's a, that's a slap in the face. And, and I think it's also it, it's just another mm-hmm. sign of like, hey, there, there's something going on there with the voters that are trying to make a point. If you if you think that Deron Bland was the better defensive player, fine, no arguments here. Like that that, that that's a you, know, you have that perspective and respectable. If you think TJ Watt was one of the best three defensive players in football, you're out of your damn mind. And if TJ Watt's sitting out for that reason, I get it. And I also think Cam Hayward gets it. And he's like, you know what? TJ, go do your thing. So I, I don't think anyone can, can be mad at TJ. He's he's making a good point. I think if Cam Hayward wasn't up for Walter Payton Man of the if he if he wasn't like, you know, he didn't have a shot at winning that winning the Walter Payton Man Man of the Year award, maybe the Steelers follow him out the door because uh that was uh you know that was certain I think that they that they're trying to make a point that they continue to get disrespected in those regards. That's true. Maybe there was a conversation had between Cam and TJ. Like maybe Cam knew ahead of time and like Dave. He probably him, did. Yeah. It wasn't TJ surprised. wasn't going to be there. Yeah. You I know what? I'm back on the train. I don't care if TJ wasn't there. I thought it was a bit of a weird look to have Cam win that and, and TJ not be there. Um, but I, I think I I think I sympathize with TJ. Also, I think it's personal with Miles Garrett because of the not just the rivalry, but the history with Mason Rudolph. Um, I think specifically losing to that guy uh makes it a little bit different. I think if it was Micah Parsons, probably would not have been that reaction. Yeah, I do want to, you know, shine a, a light more on Cam Hayward because I feel like we started that transition and somehow came back to the TJ thing and stuff like that. Cam Hayward winning Walter Payton Man of the Year after several years being up for it. I really thought last year was going to be the year, uh, but, you know, Dak Prescott, very deserving of the award as well for everything that he's done. Uh, but it finally happens for Cam. I think all the three of us, specifically are very well aware of everything that he does within the community um so finally great to see him get that honor any thoughts yeah. <laughs> i mean i thought I, I thought it was a heck of i i think he's a guy he could have gotten i don't know I, I don't know the metrics of how walter payton man of the year because how, how do yeah, you that's, quantify, that's a good point yeah you know how much i don't know it's as pff community yeah jeez. um but <laughs> but point being I, I don't know how you quantify 
community involvement outside of like when JJ Watt was you know, helping people in the middle of yeah. a hurricane or like when the mm-hmm. Manning brothers, when, when, when Katrina hit New Orleans and, and they were down there, like that, that kind of stuff is like, Oh man, like they are, they're in disaster relief and they're helping things out. But how much, how much is, you know, one person's, you know, uh, thanks, making sure, you know, all these families have dinner for Thanksgiving versus a person who's in schools, you know, every week, like, like that, that's tough, man. Cause then you're, 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 we're starting to, are we grading people based on, you know, on, on how well they help the community? Like, are we great? Like, like, like that's everyone helping communities and helping people in need is a great service and you know winning awards for that can be tough i I think this is more of a tool this has always been more of a tool for the nfl to get out the message that hey we do a lot of charity work here's some of our best charity work guys around the league and getting that conversation out there and it's it's great for that promotion so like i'm not so sure cam hayward not getting it in the five times before this one uh that you know is 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 like a diss to him it might have just been like a hey there's probably there might be a political understanding of like, hey, this person's it's this person's turn in line or this was the great story of the year that touched so many hearts. And, and I think Cam Hayward, uh, you know, I think it was uh, I think it was Mike DeFabo who, who said who said it. I think this might be like more of like a lifetime achievement award because yeah. he's done it for so many years. And I think that would be the difference if Cam Hayward did this two or three times, like made major pushes in in local communities here in pittsburgh and then that was it well then he probably wouldn't have run the won the award but the fact that he's been doing this year in a year out and just has been doing it for the good for the good of, of, of his out of the good of his heart i think that speaks a lot to who cam hayward is yeah i mean i think it's funny because they call it the walter payton man of the year award but like it is absolutely a a lifetime achievement award and i don't think anyone's ever won it twice right i mean that that's sort of the that, that that's you know the that's yeah. what tells you right there that like this is absolutely a lifetime achievement award and uh and and good on cam for getting it man and i'll tell you what like i i thought the way that he uh the, the presentation was um constructed around mm-hmm. you know him going to the caring place in pittsburgh uh which he did during his cam's kindness week which he takes his bye week every year to mm-hmm. go do charitable things which i think is incredible especially as a guy you know, playing at his age in the NFL where uh guarantee that'd be a week where he'd like to spend it in the tub, um, you know, to go out there. And and the very first thing that you hear on the screen is like, what would you tell your dad if you could talk to him right now? And I'm like, man, uh, as someone, yeah, I, uh, I, I lost my dad when I was, yeah, that was 15. Like, I, you know, I went to the caring place as, as a, as a kid and uh, man, like that's, I think it really just centers who Cam is as a person, uh, the way he approaches things why he's so valuable to this team, this community, man, I got into it with some Steelers fans earlier this off season because I like, there are people that are telling me like, Oh, get rid of him. I'm like, man, you, you don't throw that guy away. Like that no. is a, a heart and soul guy. Um, and not to mention, I think he can still play really well. Uh, but you know, that guy is in so many ways, the conscious of, of this team and of this organization and I think he brings so much to the table. You know, he's not necessarily guys are have different leadership personalities. He's not going to be Jack Lambert or Joe Green, where he's going to get in people's faces and, and rant and rave and spit in the mouth and and that kind of thing. But if you need a, a North Star as a, as a franchise, someone that everyone can look up to and, and you can hold up as the example, you can't do much better than Cam Hayward. Yeah, I think that Chris made a good point there too when he was when he was talking. That made me kind of reflect back on the way that I worded 
that about Cam being deserving. I think the way that Cam's acceptance speech was was basically like saying like it could have been any of the candidates. Like there is no more or less deserving. Yeah. Like it within that group. So if they're luck, if the guy is lucky enough to win it, you know he obviously feels blessed. But everybody just keep doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Continue to help out. And uh, yeah, it just seems like one of those things where everybody just kind of gets their turn for continuing to do these charitable things. Um, Chris, I want to talk about you now. We went from talking about TJ and Miles to Cam Hayward to Chris Carter. Uh, what will we do in the third third segment ish type thing on this show okay, recently when breaks. people are riding shotgun? We have to have yeah. sponsors. We have breaks. We're not that. Uh... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, the last ten minutes or so of the show, uh, when sure. somebody rides shotgun with us, we talked to them about you know their journey and everything that they're doing, what they're up to, how they got to where they are, what your inspirations are. So uh, I think most people know what you're doing right now, but uh, you know with Post Gazette locked on all the great stuff that you've been doing. But like, how do we get here? Because I think that you have an interesting background that not everybody knows about. Oh sure. Um, well. For those who don't know, I, I think some people have known, but I'll, I'll, for those who don't know, I, I didn't start in journalism for my career. I, I got a law degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I did political science in undergrad at Cheney University, the first HBCU. Um, uh, started out. there, went to uh, Pitt for law school, graduated there, worked in the legal field for some time. But like while I was in law school, I, you know, I, I was, I needed some, I needed some just money for just going out for doing stuff. I had money to like survive, but like, you know, I had a girlfriend and, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to take her out and do things. And so I, you know, my mom sends me a Craigslist uh, ad and it's uh Steelers writer for like a hundred bucks a month or something like that. And she was like, you do that. You could t- you talk about Steelers in your sleep. So like, why not? And so I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I sent like an essay and the person who was running it was like, call me back. And it was like, who is this? Like, you know, they, cause I, the one thing I always had was I loved sport. I loved sport. I always read so many different sports journalists. I checked out their writing. I checked out how they talked about sports and I wrote a lot for my job, political science. Like all, all we did was write. And then in law school, all we did was write. Um, and so like, I, it was just, I, I can think out a whole 20 page paper in, you know, in, you know, just a few hours of just, of just going through stuff. So like when it came to sports that came natural to me. So then I, I picked that up and it was just something I did on the side for fun, uh, you know, for some years. And then uh, got that, that role kind of increased a little bit, started doing some podcasts with behind the steel curtain. Um, and like that grew, you know, grew a great relationship uh, with Jeff Hartman there and all the things that they did um uh, there at, at behind the steel curtain. And then it was like 2016. I get a DM from Dan Kovacevic and he says, Hey, want to work for me? And I was like, uh, sure. I let, let me, let me, let, let's meet up. So he invites me to his, his office. We sit down and it was still a part-time job, you know, but it was a significant pay bump from what I was making. And I was allowed to keep my, uh, my legal work. So I, I was able to, I kept working for different firms. Um, and I was bouncing around a lot of the time. I worked downtown. I worked for a firm out in West Virginia for about for, for a little over a year. Uh, I worked in, I, I worked, I worked all over the place for a while. Just kind of, you know, when you were, when you're young in the legal market, it's, it's, it's not easy to, to stick in places, uh, sometimes. And, uh, you know, I was experiencing that and right, right around the pandemic time was when, uh, Dayon offered me to go on full time. And so I did, I did that for some, uh, for some years. And then, uh, I think it was yeah like 2021 or 2022 i always mix up my years i think it was 2022 was when i was uh i, I was starting to hear the rumblings that there might be an opportunity an opportunity at the post gazette 
and that I have a decent shot to make it. And but I also was interested in working with you guys. So I worked for you guys for for, for a little bit for I think it was what like three or four months, I think. I was with you guys. And then when the Post-Gazette job came calling, I, I had to take that. It was too much of an opportunity to not pass up. And uh, Benedict yeah, over here. what'd you say? Yeah, I was. I, I did feel <laughs> bad because I was like, we were at training camp. We made a whole training camp plan. Like, I, you know, and and also, like, I knew I was working with Alan and Nick, two of the guys I respect a whole ton in this in this you know mm-hmm. media district or in, whatever we call our our Pittsburgh media group. But, um, you know, I, I I was excited to work with that group, but like the Post Gazette, just the, the opportunity to work at the paper of record for the city was uh was too good of an opportunity to pass up, and I was happy to do that. I also, I I, I developed my my podcasting presence, honestly, like out of necessity, but also out of kind of luck. Um, it was the twenty. 18 training camp that's what it was it was the 2018 training camp i'm uh I, I i'm there and it's my second full training camp of covering it and i'm there for dk and i see this and i, I at, this, at this point like i was kind of like i'd gotten to know people who were there but i wanted to make a point to get to know people who you know obviously were kind of new kind of like me and i see this guy walking around kind of like looking obviously like he doesn't know people like 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 you know guys like dale lolly and mark caboli guys that are always around guys like alan guys that have been around and know and know people um and so i was like hey man what's going on my name's chris and he's like oh i'm tony and it turned out it was tony serino who was the host of locked on steelers at the time and for the next year tony would bring me on uh, like once a month or so and we were just talking and, and and then in 2019 he hits me up and he's like hey uh Every time you're on my show, it does numbers. So what if we co-host? And I was like, sounds great to me. And honestly, that did so much for my career because Tony bringing me on there gave me an an independent voice where, like, you know, with DK, I had, you know, if I wrote something, it would get, you know, it could be that the title could get changed. A lot of other stuff could get changed. Um, And my voice wasn't always my voice there. But it, it locked on, it was. And it also gave me the power to kind of earn, you know, not earn a salary, but earn my own money. Like, you know, the, the, with the way that we're paid at Locked On, it was always based off of your own numbers. And um, that allowed me to kind of, you know, get a little bit of strength in any negotiations. And that allowed me to kind of say, like, you know what, I can find something that pays the level that I think I should be paid for, for my written work and for what I do for uh, the, the place that I write for. And uh I think Tony for getting me into Locked On. He eventually ended up leaving because he he had his own you know professional stuff he wanted to do, uh, and then it, I kind of took it on its own and and grew it to what it is today. Uh, but I, I have a lot of thanks to Tony and to David Locke and to Ross Jackson, all the people at Locked On because they were just as much as part as much as part of my growth as growth as anyone. And it's funny, you know, I go around and you know I'm at Steelers training camp and. Uh, people will say it's chris from locked on and i'm like I'm, i work with the post gazette like remember that like people like, come on and say hey i love it when you're on with chris carter and i'm like oh i got my own whole website man like why <laughs> why i gotta be i mean i'll appreciate it but i appreciate you it. can't it's... say i love all your words like come on <laughs> i get it all the time chris yeah. i want to one more thing and we're already over well, sure. but who cares i want to get introspective a little bit you were trained to be a lawyer yeah but you're father was an educator yes and i gotta be honest when i read your stuff and when i'm on the podcast with you at locked on steelers i see a lot more of an educator than a lawyer you know <laughs> you are not argumentative you are instructive do you see that in yourself and and uh is that is that the first time anyone's brought that up to you 
No, it's it's not. Um, I'm I very much take after my father, and I, I do after my mother too. Like the, my my mother was, you know, she was a research specialist. She uh, she did a lot of studies for UPMC and Pitt over the years. Um, and uh, but like, I think I was always raised with the idea. My dad was also a coach, so I'm a coach's son. And like almost everything that I ever did, I it was instructional, and that was I felt like that was always a better way to talk about something with people that were trying to learn from you. And so that's where, that's why like a lot of my shows aren't me yelling at you about this because it's just disrespectful. Unless you're talking about TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, then it is disrespectful. Um, but, uh, like, but most of my shows aren't about that because I feel like there's too much of that in today's media. And not that that's bad, you know, that's entertaining. It's fun. I get that. But I wasn't going to, I don't think I would have made a name for myself the way I have today by trying to copy that. I had to be myself and myself is a person who I think uh, tries to have educational conversations, whether I'm teaching or I'm learning or I'm just exploring. Cause that's the other thing is that like, sometimes it's us, it's all of us learning together. Like I'm not going to lie. I didn't know who Zach Azani was until uh, you know, they, and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. He's a candidate. All right, let me see who he is. And then when they hired him, I'm like, I guess I really got to know who he is. Okay, cool. And then I looked up some stuff. Like, all right, let me explain to you. And I'll tell people, like, listen, I'm not saying this guy's gonna be good. I don't know him from Adam, other than other than his track record. But most people don't either. And they'll go out there and say, Zagazani, terrible hire. Zagazani, great hire. And they don't know whether it is. And some, I mean, I'm not saying some people he's do. That's the first name. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first. But Zach, Zach, wide receivers coach, Smith, offensive coordinator. They, they're, they're, they guaranteed to work. In my opinion, the Steelers have already nailed this offseason, despite how the draft and free agency go. <laughs> there you go. But I, th- there is a bit of my dad and me in that. And honestly, that's something that, like, he even, like, we, my dad used to love watching sports reporters, the, the, the show on ESPN that would come on every Sunday morning. He used to love it, but he used to hate, he used to hate watch it because he would just hate some of the terrible takes and aggressive things that were said on there. And he was just like, what? Like, and, and eventually my mom was like, why do you watch that if it makes you mad? And my dad kind of had to take a step back and be like, huh, that's a good question. And then he didn't need, he realized he didn't need it anymore. Cause he was just like, it's just, it's argumentative to be argumentative. And that's where like, I will make an argument when it's time to argue about something. But most of my shows, most of my work, I want to expose the people to my insight to things that I've learned, to things that I don't know yet, and that I'm trying to learn and, and get you somewhere else in the journey. I think that's what journalism is supposed to be about. And that's why I've kind of fallen in love with this business is that, you know, I think that I've done it and I've done it to the level that enough people want more of that. That puts me in high demand here. And um, I won't say high demand, but in high enough demand that I'm high uh, demand. I'll say high demand. There you go. <laughs> I'll say it. But, I'll say. And that's yeah. it, and it works really well too because you can be the educator and then you can just have me on to scream when you need someone to come scream and rant and rave. It works. I like having it works really well. Scream. And not that I don't like educating people too. I just am a lot quicker to anger. I think uh, <laughs> that's that's how. Yeah, did I see? Did I see you pull out a your mom joke I on did. Twitter I yesterday? Did. You did. That, that was, was like, there's a Browns fan <laughs> who goes by Johnny Breadstick on Twitter. That just yeah, it's just a, it's just a total troll. And I've decided that this year that if since Elon can't fix the website and get rid of the trolls, that I have to deal with their existence. I'm just gonna be mean to them because it's more fun for me than ignoring them. Like if the choices I, no, are ignore them or be mean to them, I am gonna be mean to them. And that's what I've decided. And Johnny, yeah, 
Yeah, Johnny wore one there, I think. And so uh, we move on. There we it's, go. It's funny, but uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I very much there is the teacher, the teacher in me, um, and, and I, I, it's it's part of what I think should be more of our work as journalists, less trying to uh, wit, beat you in an argument, more trying to get some learn from our discussions, and I think that that's that's one of the reasons I have you on, Alan, is that you and I don't agree on everything, but when we don't. We don't just shout each other down. We bring up each other's points. And if we if we aren't moved, we're like, okay, we've agreed to disagree, but we let the viewer take it from there. Um, and you know, and then and that's kind of that. And you know, if we and if one of us do, well, like I think that's one of the things that I can like about you. Like I can show you an information, you'll be like, huh, didn't know that. Cool. And and, and I, I do the same thing. Like there's times I'm like, well, I was wrong about that one. And uh, and I'll just like that. I'll, I'll move on from that. I'll wear that egg on my face. I messed that up. But I think that that's part of what's missing in today's joke because we're argument, arguing all the time and everyone has to be the smartest person in the room. Everyone has to be right all the time that it's an embarrassing when you're wrong unless you just realize it's not you're like you're not huh. getting points for this. You're not yeah. you're not stacking w's like you don't have wrestling championship belts for winning arguments you know oh, i wish i did though that how good I, I, I was gonna say that might... all these credentials <laughs> back here for a couple of, like owned a owned a guy on twitter finish yeah. finish the story alan <laughs> what's yeah right yeah yeah there you go uh, point chris yeah. we appreciate you jumping in riding shotgun with us on the in the grand tradition of alan saunders and chris carter on a podcast we are way over time yes <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, this has definitely been our longest one that we've had, but uh, I kind of expected that would happen. Chris, I hope you didn't make yourself too comfortable because with the weekend ahead, we're taking a couple days off, so you got to get out of the car uh, as soon as you tell us where the people can find you. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all my social medias at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all that, covering all things Pitt. Also, have some NFL draft analysis coming out there very soon, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Also, as always, find me on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube, as well as the Locked on Steelers podcast, also on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. And Channel You sure? And Channel Okay. There you go. Final word. There Alan, you. tell the people they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers. Now, I will be on the final word on Sunday night at 11.35 p.m. live. Uh, so come check that out. I guess we're going to talk about, I don't know, the Super Bowl. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> uh, come uh, find me there. And other than that, I'm off this weekend, so you ain't going to find me at all. Boom. See how much more tidy that was? Chris, you had your hands in too many different things. That was like a laundry list. Yeah, you I had wear, to lift up nice where to find you. Um, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments with any questions for when we come back. Thoughts on anything that we discussed today. I cannot wait for the comments on this TJ Miles stuff. Very excited for the comments on this particular video. Leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH for Chris and Alan and myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Drive. 